0: Birthday. 22nd of February. What year? Every year. Get out. Hey! When's your birthday? Uh, 8th of May 1969. You're 37. Yeah. Get out. When's your birthday? Uh. Out. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for. We then revisit it and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Gerbez, and I'm joined by my good friend and co host, Connor O'Keefe. Hello, Michael. I just want to say you did a really good job uh, staying quiet for that intro and containing your energy because I can see (laughs) that you're ready (laughs) to explode.
1: Oh, dude, I was just thinking, like, I don't think since I saw this movie, I don't think there's been a time of my life where I haven't felt sincere nostalgia for this movie or I haven't (laughs) felt like just uh, immense love for this movie. Uh, so, getting to geek out about it with, a, with a, a fellow dork for an hour plus is just. I, I, I've been
0: looking forward to this, my dude. I am a dork, if not anything else. <laughs> so, the movie we are going to be geeking out tonight over is Hot Fuzz. Oh, even just the name gives me tingles. Ooh. Do it again. Mufasa. <laughs> 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 Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. The 2007 action comedy mystery, directed by Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. A skilled London police officer is transferred to a small town with a dark secret. Boom, boom, succinct, cool. That's it. So succinct Ooh. and, like, perfect, like, one-line synopsis. They, they forgot to mention that it's a buddy comedy spoof, in it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's I feel like just
1: saying it's an action comedy thing, like it, it's it's broad enough. It does
0: so much. I just mean it's interesting because it has, I can't remember the film I've seen that it feels like du- like directly based off of, um, which is the classic, like, uh, bloke goes to this small country town, turns out it's all a cult and they're murdering people. Uh, what, The Wicker Man? No, so that's one that is like that. Um, yeah. I was going to bring up Wicker Man as, as one of those genres of films. Uh, but yeah, basically, it's a spoof on those uh, British countryside, small town, uh, murder cult plot. But then also, it's a comedy spoof on the American buddy cop, Bad Boys. Yeah, yeah. Two and. Lethal Weapon. No, no, no uh, Point Break. Yeah, Point, Breakup, Point Break, of course. Point Break or Bad Boys Two? Which one do you think I'll prefer? No, I mean, which one do you want to watch first? Yeah.
1: <laughs> But also, definitely lethal weapon. They, um, the, oh, yeah. I've got the DVD Absolutely. right next to me, and it even says on there, they're bad boys, they're diehards, they're lethal weapons. That's a fucking tagline and a half. That is a tagline. Uh, I was watching the, the DVD extras uh, just this afternoon, and, and it was qu- quite funny. They were like comparing, doing the like, it's this meets that. And yeah. one of them was like, it's uh, Wallace and Gromit meets straw dogs, or like <laughs> this, that, and the other. And um, <laughs> Edgar goes, think of it as rural weapon. I thought <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, that's good. So uh, let, let's get our own nostalgia let's, kind yeah. of out of the way before we tuck into the movie. When did it all begin? For me, for you. Uh, okay, so I saw this movie when I was fourteen, and I saw it in cinemas. It was an MA fifteen movie. Uh, I went the oh like- cheeky. Well, maybe a month or two south of proper, but if they're in here, it stops them getting into trouble out there. weekend or the I was I was in high school. Um, so I. Went to the cinema with some friends, and we asked for a ticket. They didn't ask to see ID or check our age or anything, and oh, we just got in amazing. and got to see it. And it was it was pivotal, dude. Like the it's. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I I, I cannot stress this enough. The scene where the pillar, uh, the the yeah. portion of the church gets knocked off and and the little, little crushes. Spire that yeah, stabs yeah, into his uh, head. That I I that was a like transformative moment for me that's when i went like i I was so thrilled and so entertained and just absorbed in it i had this moment where something snapped in my head and i went this is i want to i want to do this with my life Mm. and at the at the time i i thought it to mean like i want to uh you know direct write and direct films um which is still something i want to do but it it was more the sense of i want to give this this excitement this uh, giddiness that I'm experiencing right now, this sense of utter fucking joy, I want to give this to people in in some way, shape or form um, and I hope to do it through uh, feature film one day but for the time being I've, I've managed to find ways to do that with music and with sketch comedy and, and other things of, of the sort. Or um, just a and podcast then, of the two of us. Or a
0: podcast exactly. Just retelling
1: the film <laughs> like it's um, our own and thing. And then the scene where, uh, like shortly after, where the shears through the chest. Yeah, that that I, I I remember distinctly saying out loud in the theater wasn't a very. It was like me, my friends, and like a, a couple of old people like up the back I remember saying like out loud just to myself involuntarily just saying I, I love this fucking movie like it was just completely completely dumbfounded
0: you were a um, simp you were a simp I was for simping fives. hard
1: dude and I'm still simping oh god damn how, how old am I 13 years strong dude I've been simping this movie wait is that how time works how old am I I'm 27 yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that out. math works out yeah yeah uh, and, and when the DVD came out I bought it I bought the fucking Two disc edition, and I've watched the extras over and over again. I come back to this movie at least once once a year. I think I watch Shaun of the Dead a little more often, but part of me doesn't want to watch this movie over and over again because you'll get tired of it. I want to, yeah, I want to keep it. I want it to to still have that impact on some level. I still want it to to wow me. I tell you Um, what, I
0: did that with a film. Well, one of my favorite films. I rewatched it too much, and I went, no, that's too much. I need to give it a. I can't remember. Was it a five year or a ten year? No, it might have only been five. It was probably like twenty ten to twenty fifteen. Can I ask which movie or is that a The Prestige?
1: Oh wow. Okay, cool.
0: Cool. That's, cool, gonna, cool. that's hey, gonna be a future, future episode. episode. For sure. So yeah, I understand that that uh, that feeling. Yeah,
1: yeah. I come back to get- uh, I should keep it behind like a thing of glass and have like breaking case of emergency sort of thing on it. It's that. Mm. Uh, and and it's absolutely we've talked about like the Mufasa movies, the 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 like the Compass movies. Mm. This is this is the quintessential uh, Mufasa movie for me.
0: I, I put this on and I go, "Ah, oh, that's right. That's that's what I want to do." You know. So I was I was doing some soul searching, and I'm actually not sure if I've if I saw Hot Fuzz before Shaun of the Dead. Now, ooh, I think I might have. I think I might have seen Hot Fuzz. Absolutely mm. fucking loved it. Crazy for it. Then saw Shaun of the Dead liked it as well but didn't enjoy it as much as Hot Fuzz. Yeah, so felt like I can understand a little that. bit let down after seeing yeah. yeah. That one?
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny, the people I saw Hot Fuzz in cinemas with, they really liked Shaun of the Dead, but they and they didn't like Hot Fuzz as much as Shaun of the Dead. They came out of it like it wasn't as funny as Shaun of the Dead because I guess their expectations had been geared to to see that kind of
0: sitcom quality that we were talking about last week. Well, and we forgot to mention that the tagline of the first film, I think it is literally rom No, I think it it just says it's a romantic comedy with zombies. That was their tagline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is straight up the truth. And then certainly, uh, it, it's, and that certainly
1: carries a much broader appeal than than this.
0: Yeah, but I feel like they're they're good taglines for films that don't have titles that give too much away of what it is. Like "Hot Fuzz" no. doesn't really describe too much. So saying they're bad boys. Their lethal, lethal weapons, yeah, 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 is is a good good move. I distinctly remember seeing this film, and I probably saw it in the worst possible way oh. <laughs> you could ever watch a movie. I, <laughs> but I still tell. fucking loved it. It was uh, year eleven for me, so 20, 2008. So it had been out for a little while. Didn't didn't see it at the cinemas. wasn't on my radar at all. And I was in the school production Mm -hmm. with a very tiny bit part that was essentially an extra but I was very very keen and when there was rehearsals there were it was like put up for like oh rehearsals this night after school you stay back late scenes this number to this number yeah and I was like I'm in those numbers of scenes and then they were like yeah you didn't actually need to come to these rehearsals because you're just like we're just doing the main characters, like, lines, basically. Right. And, like, sure, working okay. that out. Because the kids aren't particularly good actors, so they're, like, the drama teachers are, like, helping them with all of the blocking and, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, every, yeah. like, bit of inflection because they're just, like... Reading the script verbatim and <laughs> not putting any like emphasis on any words. Yeah. So I'm stuck after school for a few hours in the big drama hall while that's happening down one side. A kid, there was a mate of mine that we uh, both did the fencing club together. He was mm-hmm. like, "Hey man, I've got my iPod Touch. It's got a <gasps> bunch of movies on it. <laughs> you watch this on and an I iPod watched Touch? Hot fuzz on a fucking like two point two inch screen." <laughs> oh my god (laughs) and I loved every fucking second of it and then the movie was over and I had like a buggered neck because I had been like hunching over (laughs) this tiny screen yeah but like that speaks to the quality of the
1: movie I mean we we had like the opposite
0: mm, experiences
1: mm. in terms of first viewing yeah uh, but still came away loving it
0: yeah like obviously would have enjoyed it more the second time when I actually got to see it on DVD on a proper TV but I feel yeah. like there wasn't much that was like lost on me for the first viewing. I think there's, it's so joke dense that mm. I'm still like recognising lines yeah. and stuff that I didn't notice before. But I got yep, the too. main gist of everything for that first that first showing. And that moment of the church spire smashing on his head that mm. I had the same um, reaction where I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. It was... <laughs> i was not expecting that from this movie that was like up until that point it it had been like yeah it's like a mystery Mm. but i wasn't expecting that level of like splatterhouse gore
1: yeah 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 and and it's it builds up to that moment so wonderfully Mm. like the music kicking in the the pace of the the shots and the way the camera is constantly moving like that is all crane shots it's got that like Brian De Palma set piece kind of quality to it. Mm. So when it finally, like when it when it pays off with that that splatter and the theremin music kicks in as he's like kind of still stumbling yeah. and
0: lurching forward, oh my god, it's magic. That's what's so cool about the filmmaking aspect of this. It's it goes back to sort of like what we were talking about with Spaced, where mm-hmm. they can infer the joke of the Star Wars uh, end of Empire Strikes Back with mm-hmm. the framing. Of the shots, but it's shot in a yep. crappy apartment, and it doesn't look anything like that film. But yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it's cut to Star Wars credits, and that's the joke. But this, it's this little British country town, but mm-hmm. the camera movements are the things that we're used to seeing. So when they they pull off the Michael Bay s- swinging around, yeah, uh, rotation, cool action shot, yeah, f- well that we see that, in that the parallax film. thing, yep. yeah. The- yeah, of um Bad Boys 2 when shit just got real and they yep. do it. And you're like, "Oh, they're doing the thing even though it's yep. the setting is completely wrong." <laughs> yeah. It's shot and edited and choreographed so perfectly to look like one of those movies. There's a there's a few things here where I feel like where
1: even like it, it starts from the premise and that setting, this this super cop thing in mm. that setting is committed to so wholeheartedly and so um Completely through every aspect of the movie, like where where Shaun of the Dead had we, we talked about this as being like a zombie movie, that, but but following the bit players or the 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 extras or yeah. the the people you never even see in the real zombie movies. This almost feels like we're seeing the super cop trope having to, like, being put in real-world context um, and having to, where, where Shaun of the Dead is is inept people being put in in larger-than-life situations and the comedy arising from how they deal with these situations that, you know, we only see in movies, and as well as them grappling with, like, everyday kind of mundanity during this larger-than-life situation. Hot Fuzz takes the super cop trope and puts that character, pits that character against life as is. A real world that's full of that's full of inept people throws him into the heart of it the heart the heart of that mundanity and that banality and that ineptitude being this small Welsh town and and uh a, a town where nothing happens, and then slowly it becomes uh, slowly over the course of the movie it becomes this larger than life action movie. It morphs into this like Hollywood action movie, but still in that same setting. But because they shoot the banality and and mundanity and and inept bullshit through literally through the lens of an action movie, they've yeah. got all these really like long lenses and and uh, it, it's shot um, really dynamically. It's simultaneously thrilling and hilarious because they're showing like riding a parking ticket, and it's yet it's got this weight to
0: it, you know? Mm, yeah. That's what I find so interesting uh, that it's a, it's this balance of them being self-aware about the Point Breaks and Bad Boy 2s and him being a, like a real police officer being like, no, that's ludicrous. That would incur such a, a lengthy amount of paperwork mm. if that were to mm. happen. The premise is like, here's the super cop, but it's a realistic super cop. It's not yeah, like those well, action it's, movies. It's, but- and that's what makes it funny but then to- it's also like this no but the movie isn't grounded in reality though it has this heightened like like you say it's all shot with the lens of the action movie mm. that's such a hard thing to be like okay we're self-aware enough to say that dumb action movies are dumb and over the top but this is really mm. dumb and over the over the top but not on the same level and they always keep As it those at that movies, yeah that that perfect like balance in between it those is two a, things. You're right. It is a balancing act, and
1: and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, how do they do it? You know, I think taking that character and you're right, making it like it's the super cop trope, but he he has to st- he ha- he has to. Uh, it's not. Last action hero, it's not that character, super cop. They're still like, All right, he has to have been a functional human in this world up until this and point. And he's where the we're, opposite. Where we're meeting it's, him,
0: it's not the McBain in this department. We go buy the book and he blows yeah, it up yeah, with the yeah, hand yeah. cannon and says, Buy book. He is constantly going, oh, official department guidelines dictate yeah, 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 that we yeah, yeah, actually yeah, yeah. say the service, not the force. It's almost like they went, Okay. Let's say this super cop character
1: is real, like a character, a, a, a police officer who is just so fucking good at their job and so dedicated to um, that, that, that those ideals and that idea. They would be annoying as fuck. Yeah, they would be really fucking like unbearable. You wouldn't want to hang out with them. And yeah, that's so, right. And that's literally why they, why he gets sent to another town, essentially. Because they're like I mean, you making us look bad. You're
0: making us look bad. You're rather letting the side down. And also, why he loses his relationship. With his girlfriend. Yeah. Because she yeah, can't yeah, yeah. switch off. And yeah. <laughs> while getting a lecture. What a fucking, what about, a wonderful scene that is. yeah, About not being able to switch off. He's like, you do know that the glass was broken from the inside? <laughs> yeah. And like, like 15 uh, people know, all geared up in, in their yeah, yeah. protective suits. They're like, huh? Huh? <laughs> I love the um, the bit before that too where he's like, the thing
1: that like um, elicits that, that response from her is where she's like, Yes, but you are already married to the Force, weren't you?
0: We're actually supposed to call it the service now. Official vocab guidelines state that Force is too aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, cracks the shits. Yeah. <laughs> That's the funny shit, I think, in comparison to Shaun of the Dead, uh, the things that I say said about that one where they like they niggle at me or there's kind of things i don't enjoy that much i love everything about all the characters so yeah even yeah. though he is he is on a different level of inept that he's also missing all of these things that the girlfriend wants and needs yeah but it's not it's not this i'm not sitting there going dude fucking pay attention yeah no, what are you I, doing I, I, he's yeah, like i totally totally oh, we're not get supposed that. to call the force anymore and she's like you, you fucking yeah. kidding me? And I'm You're just like, I it. love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I'm not feeling any kind of awful I think what it angst is or like, yeah, yeah, about this. I, I, I think it's um, it's the it's
1: it's because where, where Shaun of the Dead has that loosey goosey kind of quality that we talked about, that kind of uh, rock and roll approach to uh, how it's shot, um, and edited. And also written like it has that kind of sitcom quality. A lot of sitcom humor is based around that kind of cringy, like oh, for yeah. fuck's sake," you know. Yeah. Whereas this is very much this is a genre piece, um, through and through, uh, and it has a, a precision and a polish to it that is a it's a thing to behold. And 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 I think too, where where in Shaun of the Dead, the dialogue tells most of the jokes. They get some some sight gags in and some um. Uh, jokes told with framing or transitions and stuff but the dialogue is is doing most of the heavy lifting in terms of the jokes. Here they ring they ring jokes out of
0: the sound, the camera uh, uh, the way it's edited. A great example is when he arrives at the the hotel It would appear the heavens have opened I was hoping to uh, check in Check but you've always been here. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were my husband.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or even the 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 the. I, I've written it down here as the Blanchett scene. The the um the scene we we're just talking about, where Kate Blanchett is playing his girlfriend. Yeah, that's you know you do know the thing is broken from the inside uh, the outside, don't you? And the. Huh? That's all in the same like shot that's just framed really fucking beautifully. That's framed yeah. and timed for for comedy. But it still
0: serves the the genre piece feel of it. The jokes don't work without the visuals of everybody in those suits.
1: Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In the yeah, totally. suits, it's, because it's so it's like, much funnier because they're moving away.
0: I'm not Janine. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just turns <laughs> to the other one and says the exact, the exact same, same thing again. line With the same like intonation. Yeah, and then she's like, I know. Uh, who whoever his the- name told me. Hello. Yeah,
1: hello. And he's like,
0: oh, you're seeing someone, isn't it? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. what? No, not him. Does that look like someone I went would- to? <laughs> <laughs> and he makes like a, oh. It's so him. Like- <laughs> and
1: the other guy's like, hello. Oh, there. <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, which I'm pretty sure the hello there is Edgar Wright ADRing that. <laughs> nice. We've talked about like sound effects and stuff. It's, it's really, uh, you miss a lot of the shit that's going on in this movie the first time around. But you don't feel like you're missing anything. It, it's, it's just going a mile a minute. It has it has uh, rich. It's a rich film.
0: It's dense,
1: dense. The use of sound effects to complement, like even a look or something, like when um, uh, Skinner makes a joke about toasting to so and so's d- to to uh, Eve Draper and um, Martin Blower's demise. And he's like, shouldn't that be to-, you know toasted to their memories? And like, of course. Cheers, and like smiles, and
0: there's a cash register sound in it the goes, background, Chew! it goes ding, <laughs> yeah. uh, as he smiles. It's like little shit like that. It's, that's really good. Or yeah, the really, yeah. really dumb shit, like when Daddy's Danny's dad shoots the um the chandelier down and escapes. And there's the, and the, the lion fucking light. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, it so awesome like- because there's dumb shit like that in not specifically action movies, but uh, horror films and things like that. When yeah. someone's like possessed, or they're the ba- they're the slasher, and they'll just chuck in animal noises, and you're like, "Yeah, wait, what? Yeah, why is there a raptor sound? Is, for is the that bubba man and actually like that? supposed to be making that noise? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so they just this just just ham it up with a fucking lion roar <laughs> as yeah. he gives a glare, <laughs> and, yeah. he, and escapes. Just just really well timed, uh,
1: like audio cue gags. They managed to, and I think it's great because they managed to tell jokes or get laughs without detracting from the tone of the uh, the scene like the the characters and the way they're speaking it's not a it
0: doesn't turn into naked gun no which is crazy because it's such unnatural dialogue compared to Shaun of the Dead yeah it's so yeah, totally um and yeah. not really like how people talk or it is but it's like the it's like a zinger one-liner of versions of how people talk it's like yeah. more polished talking about ineptitude uh, Danny, mm-hmm. I also love his character and don't, even though he is like kind of useless, mm-hmm. th- those moments never irritate me. I always, no, he's an I always enjoy kind them. Of. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> really, really endearing. Um, And just little things uh, that I've noticed re watching it that he like, he idolizes Nick so much that it's like he is taking some stuff on board whenever he tells him like different vocab and stuff. He yep. like starts using it straight straight away, even if he does say like policeman officer. But then yeah. there's stuff where um uh, things that aren't really um uh, pointed out or used as gags. But like he starts wearing the stab vest because yeah, Nick yeah. says it's it's protocol, so he does start wearing it. So it's like it's really it's super endearing in the way that it's like he is trying, mm. um, and it's really sweet. And then that's like the the saddest gag of the movie is when he's like, "I'm sorry, how did your mum die?" And she's like. He was. She was in a traffic collision. Yeah, traffic like, collision. And you're like, oh, a he's using that. Like, oh, yeah, oh, he's like he's taking oh, on. God. Yeah, yeah. When he's um, talking about I his mum dying in a car accident, and you're like, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay to say car accident in this situation, mate. Yeah. It's all right.
1: <laughs> their um, their relationship, and I think like their relationship in the movie is really sweet and endearing. Like you said, Danny's ineptitude comes off as as kind of cuddly. Uh, he's yeah. a cuddly monkey. Cuddly monkey. Danny gets to, he gets a chance to be a real policeman officer. Mm. And Angel gets to kind of cut loose a bit and be more of a human. Uh, yeah, learns the... to switch
0: off a bit. We get to see um, that in the in the very last scene. We're skipping ahead. Well, official vocab guidelines state that we say staff and not manpower because uh, manpower is a bit sexist. Ooh. You don't mind a bit of manpower, do you, Doris?
1: Dirty bastard.
0: Yeah, and again, it's like they get to say each other's lines. They get the Woody yeah, and the Buzz
1: moment. Exactly, yeah, totally. So so that as characters, that's really cool. But I think also as the 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 second movie uh, in this trilogy, or as a follow-up to Shaun of the Dead, it's cool getting to see these two actors who, I mean, you look at space to Shaun of the Dead, kind of playing very similar characters. Pretty, um, pretty close. Ed, 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 and, uh, Ed and, and Shaun and... Uh, Tim
0: and Mike, are very similar. Um, Yeah, super similar. It feels like they're not acting in Spaced or Shaun of the Dead because you just assume like that's just what they naturally are like, I guess. Exactly, exactly. The same way that you people go, oh, The Rock, he's just being The Rock in every movie. That's what you think Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are being just themselves in those movies. But in this movie, it really feels like they're playing roles playing roles
1: exactly and 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 they do great they do a fucking fantastic job simon Pegg is excellent as like this anal retentive uh super
0: cop well that's
1: the real thing world like
0: super cop when you're casting an um, action hero even though it is with that more realistic super cop kind mm-hmm. of style like he sells it he he absolutely he's been such sell so well cast as like a schlubby pathetic man child in Space and Shaun of the Dead, that mm. you think, oh, that guy for your super duper awesome competent cop that makes all the other cops look like shit by comparison, you're yeah. gonna cast him? And he just fucking pulls it off. As soon as he comes on screen and he's got that that stone that complete like oh, stone yeah. face,
1: holds up the the um his his badge into frame. Yeah. And that, that voiceover such it's, so so it it it's fucking perfect. You buy it immediately. Speaking of anal retentive, it's the, the movie. Fits that description and <laughs> deliberately so. I was listening to um, the the audio commentary and they literally said like we 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 got real like anal with the details on this. Um, you can like tell they, they, they did, would they have did so to. much research. You can't fucking
0: accidentally no, can't, make the, a movie this fucking exactly. succinct and just like it, it, ooh, exactly exactly dense and tight um, jam full
1: of little they, nuggets. They mention. They mention on the on the commentary. Edgar was like, "Look, there's there's heaps of stuff in this that I think would probably go over people's head the first time they watch it. So I hope people watch it again and get this stuff." <laughs> and Simon's like, "Look, I think in the age of like DVDs and 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 all that stuff, you kind of owe it to your audience to make something that's rewarding or that 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 merits uh, or that, um, sorry warrants repeat viewings, mm. um, and that that does get better or." Certainly doesn't get worse with repeat viewings. <laughs> yeah, and they cite um, you don't want uh, us to start falling apart. This, no, exactly. And they they cite they were like we, we you know grew up or uh, spent a good portion of time in the lead up to this you know in the decade leading up to this watching stuff like The Simpsons mm. as an example and uh, Raising Arizona. And it's funny listening to the commentary when they mentioned Raising Arizona. I had a flashback to when they did a special screening of Shaun of the Dead here in Melbourne uh, at the Astor. And had Ooh. Edgar, Nick, and Simon Pegg there for like a and a, a Q&A afterwards. Nice. And I, I got to ask him a question. I asked him like, I hadn't heard the, it in the commentary before, but I was like, uh, is there a movie that you look to as like the, the perfect movie, like a movie that you wish you'd made or – that you look to when you're feeling a bit lost and go, oh yeah, that's that's the sort of thing that I really value and that's what I would like to see Did you or, like, ask Edgar what his compass movie was? Yeah, pretty my much. My God, and, <laughs> and he and he said Raising Arizona, and so I hadn't seen brand. it up until that point, so I watched it. I watched it afterwards and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. you can see the parallels and stuff. You listened yeah, to your, the audio commentary, commentary and you like, he mentioned it. I was like, oh, oh joy. shit,
0: yeah, I actually uh, asked that him myself. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that that
1: attention to detail makes it excel in, in everything it tries to do. Like, it does the mm-hmm. action thing amazingly well. It does the comedy stuff amazingly well. And it does the murder mystery stuff really well. Yeah. The, the, the Agatha Christie whodunit thing. Totally. Perfect. It's,
0: it's so fucking good. Um, it's got a similar structured script in the way that in Shaun of the Dead, all of the jokes in the first half... Mm, come has back. and reworked different jokes in the second half or even just
1: like lines that sound kind of throw away uh, uh like actually themes for the movie like the uh, simon says uh fucking that sounds like i was starting to yeah i, guess I was, gonna, I was waiting nicholas was- angel says you know you, uh with respect you can't just make people disappear
0: mm. and bill nye's like yes i can i'm the truth <laughs> 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 and kind of Claire's. And, and then that, he that goes to a, a town that is literally a place where people they're making people disappear exactly and you're like boom or, or i see you've already arrested the whole village you know mm. not exactly and then later on he's like what are you gonna do go in and arrest the whole village not exactly yeah shit like that it's very similar to Shaun of the dead in that aspect but i feel like they just nail every single i don't know like it wasn't that they didn't nail it in Shaun of the Dead, they just nail it in mm. even harder. Yeah, absolutely. It's nailed in so hard that the nail's fucking popping out
1: the other side of the wood. <laughs> well, I think it feels almost like as though Shaun of the Dead was like a them maybe flying by the seat of their pants a little bit. Whereas here, they were like, okay, this isn't a fluke. We haven't accidentally gotten in this position where we're making this movie with these amazing fucking actors, this, this who's who of, of British cinema. I would imagine and and I feel like you can you can say this would have been a, a dream movie for them. This would be them mm. working on once in a lifetime kind of project. so they're not gonna fuck this up, you know, yeah, they're gonna do their homework. Yeah, do their homework and I think find their find a way to really make their mark on each of the things that they try to tackle. like even with mm. the mystery aspect, the they take that. The reveal, the like, you know, uh, you sustained a cut on your leg that you got this very evening and that <laughs> thing. And the, the kind of labyrinthine, uh, dense conspiracy kind of reveal uh, thing that, that those movies do and flipping on its head by being like, no, no, these people were, were actually murdered just for really petty reasons. Yeah, like yeah, super petty ugly. They had They had an
0: annoying laugh and shit yeah, like that. It, it, was, it was like the grand plan seemed to make sense of like, oh, they were going to build this big supermarket there and stuff. And they were just like, no, They're no, like, we were no. just sick of like them fucking up our drama society and our yeah. newspaper being <laughs> a or laughing stock. actor. Yeah, because <laughs> of the terrible bloody spelling yeah. mistakes. Yeah. And literally he's like, "Well, so Eve Draper deserved to die too." And they're like, well, she did have an awful laugh. Awful <laughs> laugh, awful <laughs> you know. And that's uh that's another one of um those callbacks when uh they go to the shops and she goes, "No, no luck catching those swans then." Actually, it's just yeah, the one yeah. swan. And oh then she goes, "Oh my
1: god! No luck catching them, killers then." It's just the one
0: killer actually. Just the one oh, killer god. actually. Just the one. Perfect. Killer. And it's just like and, Echoing, that, that, like, and creep,
1: like... that creep in, and, and he's got like the ice cream around his mouth and stuff.
0: <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. What's the matter,
1: have you got brain freeze? <laughs> <laughs> i <I've> got brain wave. <laughs> <laughs> they really know their their characters and their settings and why things are there. Mm. Um, and so much of the stuff written on there is just shit in the background of locations or stuff that characters could be doing in the background of a scene that reinforces that, like... So much thought has gone into this. And mm. I think a lot of thought has gone into making it something um, uniquely them and uniquely British. Uh, I think they, they set out to make something that pays homage and, and stands toe-to-toe with the Hollywood blockbuster, but not at the cost of their unique voice or vision. This is mm. a British take. Uh, and it's and it's uniquely so like when they talk uh in the commentary there's um a piece of music it's it's where they're when they're looking for the um the the swan the montage of them doing the really mm. like mundane shit I think just before they pull martin blower and Eve Draper over and yeah. it's got this kind of uh really like plodding, like doing kind of music and in the commentary uh they're listening to it, and Edgar goes. There's something about this track, because Simon's like, this This is a great song. There's a good piece of music. He's like, yeah, there's something about this pace that is intrinsically British. Like, it just has the sense of lolloping along, yeah. and, and being kind of grey and bored. <laughs> um, that's weaved throughout the movie. It's I mean, it's shot in Edgar's hometown. Uh, it's the, the supermarket... Shit yeah the supermarket that they shoot in and that um or the that the outside the front of the supermarket that they right, shoot not the interior is the supermarket no is the supermarket that Edgar worked in as a shell stacker Fuck as a kid yes. yeah 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 so like it's like fucking Kevin Smith and clerks exactly it's it's this wonderful mix of of inspirations ranging from lived experience to just the things that they were fascinated about and it makes for something that's simultaneously fantastical and authentic, which I think is fucking beautiful. Yeah, I can't think of anything that has that same balance. And heart, you yeah. know, um, like it's not exactly, it's not um, a, a super like relatable plot or, or or whatever. It doesn't go out of its way to, do, to be that. I don't really see myself in any of the characters. No, no, but it still has a sincerity to yeah. it you know that's that's infectious in the in one of the like the making of featurettes um edgar jokes that uh this was his attempt to show the the carnage that he never saw as a
0: kid <laughs> in his hometown <laughs> um which i think is really sweet it's the bloody um it's doing the gunfight with the kids in space, but exactly, he actually got to totally. play it out in real life in his hometown <laughs> that's it um and i think too it, it's
1: so precise and I mean I, I think it's and I, th- I think we share this that that it's perfect mm. but they, they still had to be resourceful in the making of this movie like they didn't have the budget for a full orchestral soundtrack so mm. the composer the guy who made the music for this movie said said to Edgar we've got enough money to for like two days of, of orchestra recording stuff picky moments And so they did. And those moments where the orchestral soundtrack comes in, we talked about, we keep coming back to it, the pillar falling off the church, that like Omen-esque score. And then the theremin and stuff is beautiful. And it stands out because the rest of the movie, they're using, you know, some licensed tracks. And for original score, they've got a more like, low-key kind of electronic-sounding uh, thing.
0: Some of the fucking biggest laughs I've had watching this movie, though, are yeah. uh, not from the lines of dialogue, but just the really fucking stupid couple of slapstick moments, like when the Andes throw bins at their heads <laughs> and stuff.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah, the, um... Oh, talking to them, I feel struggling It, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off!
0: <laughs> the so sound effect good. is so satisfying when it hits you in the head. <laughs> Clang! It's awesome. And, um... <laughs> yeah and when nick does the shortcut across the the back fences and then oh danny just God. looks with this like childlike glee as he just runs yeah. and just fucking yeah. spills through the fucking i love that it, it's fence. it's i fucking like was crying laughing seeing yeah. that moment Especially because um, he like
1: falls through the fence and then kind of gets up and looks back before <laughs> he keeps moving forward, and I think that's just really funny. But on the on the the commentary track, they were saying uh, Edgar like said you got to look back when you get up, and he's like, why? Why would I look back? And and Edgar was like, no, you got to do it because otherwise people won't believe it's you who did the fu- who like did the pratfall. You <laughs> yeah, want that's, people? That's you want- it really needs good. proof. Yeah, um, But I think it, it serves the character. It's that, yeah, like... Yeah, no, it's like oh, that shit, no, like, oh, Nobody did- saw me fall through the fence. Yeah, exactly. Kind of you know what What line makes me... Gives me so much joy and, and makes me laugh so hard... What? Uh, ...is such a throwaway line. After Danny shoots uh, the doctor in the foot with the air rifle, which mm. is, uh, I'm certain, is a reference to Shaun of the Dead where he says, like, they're talking about who has... Yeah, yeah. gun ...experience, and he's like, oh, thingo, uh, Ed shot his sister in the leg with an air rifle. But after that, he's like oh, i never shot no one before. And uh, Nick's like, trust me, Danny, it's not something you get over. you know." Uh, and uh, Daddy goes, yeah.
0: Maybe we should go on the bouncy castle take our minds off of it. <laughs> and there's like pans yeah. around him and there's a bouncing
1: castle in the background. And it's said with utter sincerity, like yeah. he, he's like, he he wants to go on that fucking bouncing castle.
0: Yeah, because it will. <laughs> it's it's so it will funny. get his mind off of it.
1: It's so cute. Yeah, yeah, you know it would work.
0: Yeah, it's so good. Oh my god! Yeah, it's great.
1: And little stuff like little cute things, like when they're out in the rain, waiting after after the um the uh, the murder uh, of the church. Uh, they're in the rain and they've got like the 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 plastic caps over their hats. And Daddy's still wearing the cowboy hat. Yeah, but it's got the plastic <laughs> thing over yeah, it.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little plastic baggy over it. Well, that's the best part when he says like. Oh, they- well, they were. She was right about that one thing too. You don't know how to switch off, and then he runs yeah. away, and he has his hand on <laughs> yeah. the hat as he yeah. waddles away. Oh. Squelchy, <laughs>
1: wonderful. Oh. the really sincere scenes, like we talked to earlier about the um, the mum's death, the you know traffic traffic collision, and th- and that whole thing where he's like talking about uh, uncle uncle. I can't remember the the uncle's name, but the uncle who was selling drugs to kids, oh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and he's like. Sounds like a good bloke. Actually, it was done, you know, selling drugs to kids. What a cunt! Yeah, That's so fucking funny. And then later on, the the bit where Angel Angel is like pleading with Danny to you know let him let him come back and bring the the fury of the the Metropolitan Police Force with yeah. him and and all that. And there's the like uh I don't know nothing about no skeletons. Yes. Judge Judy and executioner uh, and all that. And and that line that we were talking about this yesterday um, off off uh, Mike, but the um, forget about it, Nick. Forget about Nicholas it's Sanford, like that. Yeah, China Chinatown reference that just goes over uh, has gone over my head until this viewing. Yes, yeah, same. Um, I think that that uh, and and this is the one thing that I find myself not getting hung up on, but noticing as like them leaning into. Uh, the kind of popcorn logic of these movies, which I think serves to like enhance the the action movie kind of quality, the mm-hmm. the and and the Agatha Christie kind of thing of like he puts the the book in uh, Nick's pocket. Where'd the source come from? Did he put the source in as well? How do you not notice source in your pocket? But who cares? And also, like I think that's in keeping with the
0: the the genre. The the, well, the, the Agatha thing, that I th- thing the thing I think is. He knows that Danny didn't actually stab him. It yeah, didn't no, get as him. soon as so he, he, he looks down, sees the source and knows he's got to play along. so he he does, yeah, but again, like i when I watch his face, it doesn't look like he knows he's like recognizing it and playing along. It does look like he's just like, Ugh, and collapsing,
1: yeah, and like, which I think is for us
0: like yeah, that's for us yeah.
1: to 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 fake us out, yes, yeah, totally. but again, I think it's leaning into that that kind of have sense of logic or, or totally popcorn logic and again i think that in, enhances it and maybe that's me looking for things to to uh looking for reasons to excuse it but i don't care because
0: i love this fucking movie for a second i thought you were going to say oh maybe that's me trying to find a flaw in the movie and then not not nah. being able to Nah, i mean it's that too <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but no nah, it's not it's not a plot hole it enhances the movie you exactly. heard it here from this <laughs> completely unbiased man.
1: Yeah, I dude, I am I am utterly biased in in my praise of this movie, but I I think I, I think everything that we've said and everything I will continue to say about this movie going forward, you can point to examples of it. Like it's not yeah. It's there. It's 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 not. We've we've talked about this off mic, but the only example I can think of right now is is uh, John Favreau talking about the Lion King remake. But that thing of directors talking about stuff that's in that, that's apparently in their movie that you wouldn't know was in their movie unless they told you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This isn't the case here. Everything is on the page. Yeah, uh, or on the screen rather. Um, in one form or, form or another. Yeah. Just the
0: the momentum that it. It creates and never, like, drops the entire film of just, like, the, the fucking brisk editing, joke, joke, line, shot, sound effect, and it's just, like, like we said, dense. It is so mm. dense. It is a feat to, yeah, make it feel like it's just, like, I can't think of a single moment where you're like, oh, that this moment didn't play as well as that moment like we, like we can for Shaun of the Dead, where we can be mm. like, it's supposed to be a rom-com, so it's kind of a little bit more slice of life and it's got those moments that you see here with those those snap zooms and the mm-hmm. pans and the sound effects and those like stood out in Shaun of the Dead as like, oh, this cool stylistic thing and they were able to do that for the entire runtime of this movie and it doesn't get tired. Yeah, yeah, totally. They don't run out of interesting ways to do stuff in that style and yeah, that's it's just like baffling. Do really fucking like this movie? It's going to be interesting watching the next one. I, I feel like I'm. I need to actually give like a definitive. Yeah, I mean, by the end of it, we'll absolutely have to give a, a of, definitive statement. Which one's my favorite? I'll um, try and do the do the same. I feel like every time I'm leaning towards one of them, then I watch yeah. the other and go, "Oh fuck, this one's so good." Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair.
1: In terms of where this sits in uh edgar's career as a director uh, the thing that i i guess i noticed the most uh, especially I, I watched um scott pilgrim last week mm-hmm. uh, and we'll be watching you know uh, the world's end which has fantastic action sequences and fantastic fight scenes and fantastic fight choreography and is well shot fight choreography this doesn't quite have that no um, it's got that. the same level it feels like he's shooting and editing around his inexperience with that stuff at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. The, I also thought but, is, but it's- I think
1: he, I think he understands that you know these things have to have like these punches and these hits have to have weight somehow. So mm. he ramps the sound up, or you know the 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 way the camera moves around and swings around that 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 deliberate
0: uh, or um,
1: purposeful handheld.
0: Kind of camera work. Yeah, there's a f- there's a couple of moments in the action scenes where like the editing gets really really fast to a mm-hmm. little bit of a point of it's hard to follow what's happening. But yeah, I guess it it was maybe my bias where I'm going like he's trying to replicate th- like the lethal weapon. Yeah, I mean, he's doing the tiny shot thing. Action films yeah. 100%. that don't have that, like they, they have those same problems in them. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely but true. But then again, you could be like, well, are you just making your choreography shit because those movies are shit? Like, can you find a way to do it better, but still get across that style? Like we were saying, oh, I think it was in Black Dynamite where I was saying it's deliberately handheld, but it's mm. shot- so well handheld that they it's like they're using a proper steady cam and they're like oh it's a little bit shaky because it's supposed to be handheld but it's yeah. not the actual just shooting it handheld and it being completely nauseating and putting mm. that up um and there was yeah it's just like f- for like a split second i was kind of feeling like a little bit like nauseated epilepsy from a few yeah. of the cuts and yeah then yeah totally it was gone as quickly as it came but yeah, yeah i get that I guess it's like a 99.99% perfect film in that regard. <laughs> well, I think I think again you can because
1: uh the rest of the movie is so well thought out and well put together and commits so hard to the bit that seeing that kind of editing and that kind of choreography in that setting is still funny. Like you're not mm. thinking about you're not really until until you're watching it for the you know third fourth fifth time and you're paying attention I mean I wasn't thinking about this shit in the cinema yeah i I wasn't thinking about this shit until watching it for this
0: podcast and really trying to to um nitpick and i think that like a lot of the like i think that that last scene in the the fight scene in the model village i think mm. that doesn't isn't as bad like there's a couple of shots that's a little bit like hard to follow, but yeah. it's got some really great shots like when they first like, land in the streets and you see the, the cutaway of the gun slide away, but it smashes into the, the little doorway of his supermarket and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, they yeah, do yeah. really fun gags with the scale and how it's shot there. Yeah, yeah. And, the,
1: the, I mean, the fact that that fight scene is simultaneously an homage to, like, the, the
0: fu- you know, last fight scene in the rain kind of trope. Yeah, that's what and- I like love so much. I noticed it more this time is the like mm. the sprinkler that breaks and so then as as the fight scene goes on, it's like in the rain and yeah, it got that totally. like, matrix quality. Exactly. To it. But it's also a throwback to the line earlier where he's like uh, where uh, Rafe
1: Spall's character one of the Andes is like <laughs> um uh, you want to be a big cop in a small town? Fuck off up, up the model, up the model village. Yeah. <laughs> uh he literally fucks off up, up the model village and yeah. becomes a big cop in a small town oh god it's so good it's just fucking it's airtight the andes are so fucking funny yeah yeah they're wonderful the when he's talking about the the all the scenes with them um butting heads with the andes are great the like yep. uh you know what else you got crockett and tubby skid marks <clears throat> and there's like you can see Rachel ball like yeah yeah like cacking himself at the at, at every time he says skid marks um and the uh the bit where they're at the house where um that that exploded and they i can't remember what the line but they say something like you know if you if you didn't see something then who did and then they start to slide off and then one of them slides back, back into frame <laughs> and <then laughs> leans out i'm pretty sure that was improvised
0: that is such just like a that's fucking, fucking good funny. shot it's yeah, so yeah. fucking funny that's that's just uh i'd cut yeah, away to it wonderful. but you can't it's an audio podcast and it's a completely yeah, visual gag isn't that isn't that tough You'll just have to now imagine we, it in your heads. When we were
1: talking about doing this episode on a stream recently, someone in chat mentioned that we have to talk about the
0: grandma dropkick. Yeah. That will, Amazing. What well, like every every everyone and their mums is packing. Yeah. yeah, like who? Farmers. Farmers. And who else? Their mums? Farmers' mums. And that's who they it is. It's the farmer. And then he'd look over and the mum is yep. fucking Farmer's mum. Oh, and yeah, just and like she's those, got
1: the double barrel.
0: Oh, the little cutaways of like the 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 cracking the, the double barrel open and putting the shells in yeah. and he just fucking yeah. flies over the fence. Yeet. Apparently, too,
1: that scene, a lot of that stuff, like the the drop kick, the sign getting the the chunk shot off it behind, that was a lot of that was reshot. Was okay. um reshoot stuff. Apparently that scene when they first shot it was quite compromised and and Edgar was really like uh, I fucking hate this. Scene. This, this sucks. Um, but then, by the time they they like went and reshot and put it back together, he's he's like, this is one of my favorites now. And I think I There's mean, something that, that drum really funny, is so about, satisfying.
0: Yeah, it's really satisfying. And then just cutting to her with this really grumpy look on her face, tied up with the yeah, blood yeah. running down her nose.
1: Yeah.
0: There's something really <laughs> funny about like kicking old people really fucking hard in movies. <laughs> 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 like it's a cheap. Like like let's throw that in slapstick pile with the bloody running through a fence and chucking bins yeah. at people's heads. Yeah. As yeah, as yeah. dumb slapstick stuff that's not particularly oh, the, clever. The <laughs> but- <laughs> um the bit where uh the woman on the bike
1: is is like dual wielding handguns from a little basket on her bike with the thermos inside <laughs> as well. Um and Danny flings the door open as she's coming past his car
0: and she, and flips, she flips over it. it. So fucking funny and stupid, but so satisfying. Yeah. That one, I feel like it's a little bit more motivated in like the action movie kind of sense of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, this is it, the, the drop kicking the grandma. is like just straight kind up of, stupid. It's,
0: it's gratuitous, but yeah. in the best kind of best possible way. That's I think that's the winning formula. Gratuitous violence against old people is always funny. <laughs> okay, let's test that. That's, our, that's the rose tinted review golden rule. That's of the <laughs> We are we are starting a list. This is rule number one of the golden rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the
1: um, speaking of gratuitous violence, just real quick. The line uh, or the the transition from the the phone ringing, Nicholas picking it up and being like, "Hello," decaffeinated, and then it <laughs> cut into the deca- 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 decapitated heads on the
0: <laughs> on the fucking oh my god <laughs> uh, so perfect and i just love like when um before that when they pull him over for speeding how fucking like hyped danny is because he's like we <laughs> were in a car chase <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's yeah. literally just like pulling out sirens on brake <laughs> pulled him <Yeah>. over <laughs> he's like, and afterwards where he's awesome. like
1: awesome he's like that was amazing see what i did there you hypnotised him. <laughs> it's like, so, so that it's su- such an
0: endearing, childish thing to say. Yeah, or well, like after when they leave the theatre and he's like apologising and he's like, drive safely. And he's like, oh, you do know that's the guy we got for speeding before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the moments of Danny just like hi- trying. It's such a good beat of just him like laughing to himself and like the, like the look on his face. And he's like, oh, Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, and then he says it. So uh, the DVD, the two-disc special
0: edition. Have you seen it? Have you watched any of the special features? I stuff do of this not movie? recall. I probably did when I rented it from the video store a million years ago, yeah. and have okay. forgotten.
1: The a wonderful, wonderful thing that they included on the um, on the special edition. It's probably on every fucking Blu-ray because Blu-ray is huge. But disc two, baby, of the DVD uh, has. A a forty five minute feature featurette uh, called Dead Right, and it is the movie that Edgar Wright made as an eighteen year old boy in his town. That is a cop detective murder mystery oh. shot on super VHS <laughs> with his mates. It's 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 fucking amazing, and it's got uh, commentary from Edgar on there. And listening to him, like it's it's it's. So cool to watch and see just the um the passion and just how hell bent on making movies this dude was and 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 that it's that as a thread has followed him you know through his career to the point where he's back in his hometown shooting what is like the like the dream version of that movie yeah. of that movie that this eighteen year old boy made it's fucking wonderful and I, I highly recommend checking that out that's amazing um, and I have doing to watch so with this. commentary. Um, it's funny, like they they t- like we talk about the, the the gory set pieces in Shaun of the Dead and in this, especially the Splat spire thing. Um, we'll be talking about it next week. And he says in the commentary, like there's so much of that in in Dead Right, and it, it came from the fact that he says like trying to write a joke. Like he would show these movies to just his neighborhood. Like they'd they'd rent a space and and show show the movie for a night mm. and and charge you know a little bit of money. And he's he would say like if you wrote a joke. You might get a laugh. You'd probably get a groan. But if you put like just gratuitous gore, stupid like buckets and buckets of blood, you're guaranteed to get a "Uh," (laughs) from the kids. And he's like, and that 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 uh," has driven him like to to continue doing so. Uh, And he literally says like that. That's been that's been uh, the motivating driving driving force to this day. That's awesome. It's just getting getting theaters full of people to go. <laughs> and sure enough, 14-year-old me saw the spire come down, crush this dude's head, and went <laughs> and made me made like like was defining for me. So, thank you, Edgar Wright. You're
0: a fucking sick cunt. Thank you, Mr. Wright. Well, that's another episode done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did enjoy it and want to support us, share share it to a friend. Strap them down, please. Drop kick him across a fence. <laughs> drop, drop kick your nan. Time up, and then be like, "Yeah, you're watching. You're listening to this roast yeah. review podcast, drop, baby." Drop kick your nan. Uh, super
1: glue raycons in her ears, and make her listen to the podcast.
0: What are we? What are we asking them this week? No, I have nothing. I want to ask. I want to ask our viewers. Have you ever jumped through the air while firing two pistols? <laughs> Have you ever jumped in the air with firing one pistol?
1: <laughs> you ever shot your gun up in the air and gone out?
0: <laughs> Good one. Next week, we are going to conclude this Cornetto trilogy with, of course, The World's End.
1: Oh my God, I can't work.
0: I'm very keen. Mm-hmm. And you will get the conclusion of this movie trilogy you will also get the conclusion of my my final verdict yeah you're going to hear us
1: grappling with uh, our own opinions <laughs> it's going to be i guarantee it'll be thrilling or if nothing else confusing
0: to listen to so join us next time when we find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses Statistically, Sanford is the safest village in the country. But that doesn't mean it requires anything less than a careful and considered approach. There's a reason we accommodate a few of the younglings at the pub. The greater good. The greater good. Precisely. Your predecessor assumed that rural policing was easy. Ended up having a nervous breakdown. And Sergeant Popwell was an exceptional officer. Truly exceptional. And he had one thing you haven't got. What's that, sir? A great big bushy beard! Come on! Let's have a mosey around!